Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. Here we are in Joshua chapter 3. And um, Father, I thank you for your word, your word which tells us how you have operated throughout history, your word where you predict things and then you accomplish those things uh, right on time according to your word. Help us, uh, Lord, today to hear your voice in our hearts and lives, to hear what you're saying to us and to say yes, to trust you and Lord, uh, to be willing to step out on the waters to keep our eyes fixed on you, not on the circumstances, not on the ways, but keep our eyes fixed on you, knowing that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, all around us are overwhelming obstacles, but we thank you that you are the way maker. You open the door, no man can shut. You shut the door, no man can open. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You have all authority in heaven and earth, and we trust you and ask that we would be pleasing to you. Help us today with the struggles that each of us have to bring these to you, to hear your voice, and then to, by faith, walk with you in obedience to what your word and your spirit tell us. We pray that in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and may the testimonies be multiplied of your great grace in and through our lives. Amen. Um, maybe you can take your Bible, or if you're using your phone, you can hold up your phone. Um, now, it's all right. Go ahead and do it. You'll be okay. Um, now, if you don't uh, like it, you don't have to repeat it after me, but you can repeat it after me if you like it. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Now, John Osteen is the one that I first heard that from. John, not that other one. John, um, the other one's motivational, but John Osteen uh, came to know God and the Holy Spirit later in life as a pastor. God did a wonderful thing in his life. I used to love to hear him preach. And I, I love that affirmation. Uh, and so I pray that today the Word of God will speak uh, to your hearts. You know, if, you know, Christmas is coming. How many of you think you know what you're going to get? Ah, uh, this is the way. Nothing. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, uh, you know, we, we, a lot of time, when I was a kid, we had the Sears and Robot catalog, and we had it in the outhouse, and I would fold over pages and circle things because I had hopes for what I might get. You know, my mom and dad, they'd sort of laugh and say, well, said, you know, something in there you might get, but you're not going to get all of that. So we would 
shake all of our presents, and if they flopped, we knew it was closed, just throw them down. And, you know, wait for something that rattles. And if it doesn't have your name on it, oh well. Uh, but still, you know, we love those toys. Imagine the children of Israel. They've come. We've talked about this in, in, in Genesis in our studies and in Exodus in our studies. God has been promising for hundreds of years, this land is yours. And now they're on the other side of the river. Now the Jordan River is in full flood. And they can see Jericho over there on the other side. They can see the promised land. In the promised land, the spies have already been in. They've come back and they said, oh man, there's huge cities there. There are beautiful vineyards. There are huge olive groves. Man, it, God said it's a land flowing with milk and honey. That's because there's flowers everywhere. The trees are blossoming. There's bees all around the place. And honey is such a whole food. It flows with milk. And if you got milk, it did not come from the dairy, okay? This is lots and lots of goats having kids. And lots of cows having calves. And lots of camels having camelettes or whatever they have. Uh, I mean, all kinds of life. Their reproduction, you know, it's a wonderful thing. If you have a cow and, and, or several cows and a bull, you know, you can multiply your wealth. They don't just have one and die. More and more and more. And land flowing with milk and honey. Health, prosperity, a beautiful place that God intended for them. But guess what? I see it, but there's a huge river between me and that, oh, what am I going to do? Can you visualize it? And they're, they're thinking, man, if I was just over there, God said, I'm going to get that. Now their fathers said, yeah, we've heard about that, but we heard there's giants, walled cities. No way we can get that. Do you feel like that about what God promises? Yeah, that's good for Steve. That's good for Billy Graham. That might be good for Ann. It might be good for Dawn, but I'm just a little old me. And, and there's no way God can, can bless me like that. No way God can fill me with his Holy Spirit and use me in a special way. Uh, that, that's for those other people. Nope, 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 nope. All of them went across the river. So the problem is the flooded Jordan. The message of faith is the only way to cross and enter the promised land is by faith. The walk of faith is the only way to experience the power of God. Listen, you want to share the adventure of life in Christ? Start standing on the promises. Start the promises of God to you. Don't just grab a promise out of the air. You know, and I shall have a child when I'm 99. Well, that was to Sarah. That may not be for you. All right. But uh, there are lots of promises that are ours. Find the promises of God and learn to walk by faith in those. The witness of faith. We see the Lord's orders to build a memorial as a witness there. And then the obedience of faith as they crossed the river Jordan at God's command. And the result of their faith, they began camping and living in the promised land. You today can enter into a place that you haven't been before in your spiritual life. Maybe you've just been treading water. Maybe you haven't had any direction. Maybe you've just been drifting downstream because you gave up. But God challenges us through this story uh, with what can happen. The Jordan River represents and stood as an obstacle to the promised land. Now, how many of you can think of an obstacle in your life to God's best blessing in your life? 
See, there, there's things that we can think of. Yeah, that's an obstacle. Some of them are more serious than others. Somebody might ask you what your obstacle is, and you say, well, uh, this. And they'd say, well, that's nothing. Man, you ought to hear my obstacle. But the obstacle that they had going into the promised land was huge. The River Jordan was in flood. Now, if we were using common sense planning, what do you do when the river's in flood and you're on foot? Pardon? You wait. You do what? Build a boat. Okay? To take two million people and goats and cows and sheep across the River Jordan. No, most people would just say, you've got to wait till the flood goes down. And the people in Jericho were saying, well, we know they can't come over till the flood goes down. You know, with God, all things are possible. So they were, the promised land represents a new life for the people of God, a victorious life of, listen, conquest and triumph. You're going to have a battle, but you're going to win. You know, uh, I choose to watch the abbreviated um, games. You know, I can watch uh, the whole World Series in 10 minutes because they just show me the highlights and I already know who won, so I'm relieved. I don't even worry in the, the ninth inning. I know who won. Guess what? The Bible tells us what we're looking for. <laughs> That's all right. We're just free for all here. You're welcome. Ask him what he wants. Who wants what? Okay. All right. I can get a microphone if that's worrying. Okay. The conquest and the triumph. There's a, a possibility of peace and rest. See, peace doesn't mean you don't have any problems. Peace means I don't have to know what's going to happen next. I know who's holding my hand. I have inner tranquility in the middle of the storm because he can calm the storm. Or I have inner tranquility when everything's going right and I'm worried, what's going to go wrong now? No, 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 no. Live in peace. The peace of God which passes understanding. Indescribable peace. The, 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 the walk and the rest of fellowship with God. Communion with God. Is it just on Sunday in a special song service that you can encounter the presence of God? No, it's God's intention that we walk with Him. That we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I am not going to be in want. He is causing me to lie down in green pastures. He is leading me beside the still waters. He is restoring my soul. That means my soul gets unrestored, but He restores it, charges my battery back up. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake to help me live for Him. He anoints my head with oil. I may have dry scalp. I may have a wound where I uh, got butted by something, but He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, surely, absolutely, I know it's going to happen. Goodness and mercy will follow me until I retire. And oh, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We were talking about this in Sunday school. Hebrews 12 goes with this so well. It, it is, we're only here, the Bible says, like a fog, like the steam coming out of a kettle, like a flower blossoming out, beautiful, and then suddenly gone. Uh, but our spirit is eternal. And where we're going to live is not in a way off heaven. Uh, we will be, there's a new heaven. There's a new earth. And there's the plan of God for eternity. He doesn't dare tell us. We'd never go to the doctor again. 
He doesn't dare tell us we'd run around hugging people with Ebola. You know, uh, because we could be die faster. Say, sorry, I'm going to leave it with you, honey. It's all up to you. I'm out of here. Because we wouldn't be able to stand it knowing how wonderful it is. But here they were looking across the river, looking at the plan that God had for them. But there was a major obstacle. Over there was going to be security and protection and care and provision and abundance and fruitfulness, fulfillment and satisfaction. There was purpose, meaning and significance there. But the only way they could figure out to get across was wait till the river goes, goes down. So in chapter uh, 3, verse 1, we read, Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. Verse 2, and it came about to pass after three days that the officers went through the host and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Do what? Pack up your tent, get all your stuff. When you see the priest lift up the ark and head towards the river, you follow. Yet there will be a space between you of about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come, uh, not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. Today, you may be making a decision uh, where you haven't been before. You may be saying, Lord, lead me out upon the waters. Let my faith have no borders. I give you my life. I sign the quick claim deed. I'm yours. Do you trust him that much? Do you sign it, trust him enough to, in your mind, sign a quick claim deed and say, God, I sign my life over to you. You fill in the details. Then when you read Hebrews 12, it'll be different. You'll say, I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to rejoice because the people in chapter 11, all those people of faith, you always came through for them. Some of them died. Some of them suffered. Some of them were insulted. Some of them were persecuted. But all of them came into your presence. And I've never suffered like Jesus with the devil on me, pushing me down till I'm sweating great drops of blood, resisting sin. You've never let the devil loose on me full force. You've always given me just as much as I could handle. God, I trust you. If you can't take care of me here, how do I know you can take care of me there? If you're not real here, how do I know you're real there? If I don't have a testimony here, it'll be too late there. Man, I want a testimony now. I want people coming and saying, there's nothing that explains your life except Jesus. That God that you talk about, I'm willing to think about that because of what I hear about him. And Joshua said, verse 5, and you need to put a little star by this, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. What does sanctify mean? Purify. Set apart from and set apart to. I am set apart from this world and I am set apart to God. I am devoted. I am a devoted being to Him. There's some things I can't do, won't do, shouldn't do, because I'm His. 
you know, uh, Martha and I are married. There's some places we don't go, we don't date anymore. We don't look at the dating sites. Don't do that. What? We're married. We're one in Christ by the word of God. There, there is a relationship that you have, I hope, with Jesus Christ. I am a child of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am walking with him. And when he says, sanctify yourselves, he said, you're getting ready to experience something you never have. Take some time. Separate yourself. If you know there's pride in your life, now I encourage you just write down Hebrews, I mean, uh, Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5. If we were going to do an African sermon, then we would read that right now, but we're not going to do an African sermon. So you just read that later on. African sermon means we can go one and a half, two hours there. It's okay. Uh, but here, we're not allowed to do that. So... Uh, Aren't you glad? Uh, he, just read Ephesians 4 and 5, and he'll say, put away pride. Put away greed. Put away immorality. Put away the things that you know are displeasing to him. And separate yourself to him. Say, I want to be clean. You know, go take a shower. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. There's no other fountain that I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And the blood speaks of his life given for us. And it's not just symbolic. He gave his life. He poured out his blood, but the body without the blood is dead. He gave his life so we could have eternal life. And we come to him and now we should live for him. Justification is when the penalty of sin is dealt with in our life. When we are born again and we have a new spirit and the power to live for him, and then we make choice to separate ourselves to him. Sanctify yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. And Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, verse 6, and the Ark of the Covenant, and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Isn't that great? So he says to the priests, You pick up the Ark, and you walk over there towards the river. You people stay a thousand feet behind. Watch them. Thanks a lot, Joshua. The river is flooding. The water's moving fast. It's way out of its banks. And you're sending us out there? Isn't that just what they would do to the preacher? Send him on out there by himself. And then way, say, I'm right behind you. A thousand feet. Uh, and Joshua told them, said, you go before them. So, listen, listen. Many of you here are leaders in the body of Christ. And you are sent ahead. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions, troubles, so that we can comfort others with the comfort he gave us. I've laid on the floor and cried and beat my fist and said, God, what did I do to you? I've just tried to walk with you, trying to do what's right. Why do I have to go through this pain? Why do I have to put up with this? Why do I have to? And God said, well, you asked that you'd love me like Job did. Has anybody died yet? No, sir. Anybody stolen all your stuff yet? No, sir. Well, you know, uh, I understand, but it can be worse. Yes, sir. And then find out, praise God, that he is always there. The deepest pain of your heart. The deepest uncertainty of your life. When you feel like, oh, I've blown it. God can never use me. No, 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 no. We are walking with God. He can change things in one day. You know, let, let me just tell you a quick story. Uh, this is not to glorify him. But I, my friend that I went to see Wednesday and Thursday, John Enright. 
Uh, he and his wife have been missionaries in Zaire. His dad was before a firing squad five different times in the Congo. God delivered him each time. And he's been ministering there uh, for a long time. And they made a vow. And, and this is a confidential thing. This is not something that you would just... Uh, he, he did not say this to brag. But they, a long time ago, made a decision. Each month, whatever money we have left, we give away. They never keep money at the end of the month. They have no savings. They have no extra money at the end of the month. Everything they have is on the bills, whatever they got. Then it's given away. He says, if somebody comes and says, I need something, he said, I can honestly tell them. I don't have anything. Because I don't. Now, you would say, well, that's a little bit crazy. And that's not what you have to do, okay? It's not what I have to do. That's what God told him to do. That's what they've done. Manly Beasley used to do that at the end of every year. Liquidated everything. Gave away his house, gave away his cars, gave away that, and then would start all over with God again. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying this is what happened to him. But let me tell you about Almighty God. He said about three, four weeks ago, uh, they told him a rumor, said the president of the country is coming to see you. And on Sunday morning, they heard huge helicopters come in. Here comes two huge helicopters and set down. Military people jump out with automatic weapons. A red carpet's rolled down. A woman runs into their house and starts cleaning their house that had already been cleaned by his wife, but she had to clean it all up again. And there, and suddenly out steps the president of Zambia. He comes in. And they said to John, they said, now this is your house, but when the president sits on that couch, nobody sits with him. Do you understand? Sure, sure, that's fine. President motions him, come, sit here. <laughs> Tells him to sit on the couch with him. Talks with him. And I won't tell you all the story, but they showed him the work they're doing with goats. Showed him the work that they're doing with honey. Harvested 150 tons of honey last year. And then uh, the, the work they're doing with cassava. The thing to help pastors. 10,000 hives out across there. Listen to me, listen to me now. What can God do in your situation? God gave him these ideas how to help people. Now, the president of Zambia said, my wife is coming next uh, week. She's a lawyer. She's worked with me, and we have the same heart. And you explain to her all that you're doing. So uh, the wife comes next week, and she tells all these security guards and everybody in the room, get out of the room. Just me and him. We're going to talk. She says, my husband has sent me to ask you how much you need if God gave you everything you need to do your honey project, how much money do you need? He said, $40 million. She says, okay, good. Wrote it down. said, now for the goat project, to be able to affect this whole big region of Africa and what you're doing, how much money do you need for that? He said, $40 million. Okay, good. Wrote it down. Now for the cassava project, cassava is a root, but the leaves are 30% protein, much better and much more efficient than corn and a lot easier to work with, etc. So how much you need that? Four million. I said, okay, 88 million. Okay, I think we're going to get 100 million for this kind of thing next year. We'll see how much we can allocate of that to this. That's God. You know, because John has told him, said, God, I have food to eat, clothes to wear. I'm content. His wife works with him there. Their two sons, their wives, grandchildren. They're there working together, trusting God as they walk with him in the thing that God's called them to do. And suddenly God opens up the faucet. Now, this is after 40 years of ministry. This is not the second year or the third month. This is walking by faith through many, many years, seeing God work. It just blessed me. I wish I could tell you some of the other stories. He and I went through grade school and high school together. And it's such a wonderful thing 
to hear how God's worked in his life and blessing and, and working there. I just want to put the vision in your heart. God knows Leah. God knows Eric. God knows Roger. God knows you by name. God has plans in your life. We can linger back in fear. We can linger back holding on to the familiar and say, well, you tell me what you're going to do and then I'll tell you if I'll do it or not. That's not the way God works. He says, sign at the bottom and say, yes, Lord. Can you say, yes, Lord? Can you open up your hands and say, I'll let go of anything. I'll trust you anywhere. Oh, God, help me. Can you do that? As you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, Colossians 2, 6 says, so walk in him. Step at a time, saying, I couldn't save myself. You told me to put my faith in Jesus. I can't sanctify myself. You told me to put my faith in Jesus. The way I got saved is the way I'm going to walk. And I don't have to understand. I don't have to see what's going to happen out there. I'm flying by the instruments. My eyes are fixed on you. You've got my hand. And if you got my hand, I'll never fall down flat on my face. That's what the Psalms say. So, uh, he said, sanctify yourselves. Today, you may need to know if you knew Jesus was coming... Hopefully he's here. Uh, if you knew he was coming to talk to you about your life, is there something that you would like to take care of before that appointment? Is there anything that you need to say, <clears throat> well, uh, run over there and confess to somebody that you lied to them, run over there and return something that you stole, run over there and apologize to that person that you were real arrogant with, uh, run over there and, and do what God told you to do that you didn't do. Is, is there something that you need to separate yourself from and separate yourself to? Is there any sin that you know? And you say, well, I just hate to let go of it. I'm petting it. Let me tell you the African proverb. Little leopards become big leopards and big leopards kill. Don't pet sin. Verse 6, and Joshua spoke to the priests, 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, this day I'll begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel, and they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Listen, you don't have to grasp for authority. In the world you do, that's trump on everybody else and climb up the ladder, step on the head, try to get the, you don't have to grasp for that, and you don't have to cling for it. I praise God I get to be pastor here, but I wasn't pastor here at one time. There wasn't a here, okay? Uh, I thank God for this opportunity. God lifts you up. God puts you down. It's okay. Don't think he can't, and don't hang on. Let go. Uh, when when, David, when Saul, King Saul learned that God wanted David to be king, he should have said, son, come on. I appreciate it if you promise not to kill me and all my sons, but just be king. It's okay. If God wants you king, I'd rather you be king than me because that's God's will. God is able to lift you up. God can uh, put you down. The Lord said, I will magnify you today. As verse 8, and you shall command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, come hither and hear the word of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Picanites. No, no, not them. Okay. 
Just a joke on Pickens County. Okay, it's just a joke. All right. Uh, he says, seven huge nations with armies bigger than yours. You're going to drive them out. This is the way you're going to know. Today, God's going to do something special for all of you. Not because you deserve it, but because he wants to. The whole Bible is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a low life like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. It's your grace that taught my heart to fear, that put me under conviction. Then your grace, my conviction and fear relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. It's your grace that's brought me safe this far. It's your grace will take me home. Behold, he says, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. Look at that. Verse 10, the living God. There's lots of gods. You know, you can see little Buddhas at the Chinese restaurant. You can see Hindu gods. You can look at that. There's lots of gods with a little g, but there's only one living God who created all things, holds them together by the word of his power. And he is the living God. And then down in this next verse, the Lord of all the earth. Now, he is your Lord. You are either a willing servant or you're a rebel. You know the song, this is my father's world? It is the father's world. The devil is trying to deceive people to follow after him. And yes, he has some authority. Yes, he has some, some leeway in this world. But he is a rebel and the leader of rebels. Which one, which side are you on? Uh, have, have you surrendered to God, the Lord of all the earth? He will pass before you into Jordan. Now, let me ask you something. Honest, honest. How many of you can think of one thing that you're real, real, real scared of? Okay, some of you are just stoic, not scared of nothing. Well, if you knew that whatever it is that you're afraid of, whatever it is that makes you shiver, whatever it is that you dread hearing about, whatever it is that, that you worry about, if you know that God is holding your hand and leading you into that situation, would you feel better? Really? See, that's where we are. We've got to not be practical agnostics. An agnostic says, maybe there's a God, but I doubt that he's involved in my life, and I better have plan B and plan C. A practical atheist is somebody who says, yeah, 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 there's God, made a great part, all that, but he's way off someplace playing golf, and I don't think he's in my situation, and if I don't handle it, if I, don't, if I let that person buy with that, they're going to mistreat me. If I let that happen, if I don't have this, if I don't do that, and we have all of our plans to try to be miniature providence in our own life, God says, I, the Lord, will go before you. Are you willing to trust him there? Willing to trust him with your grandkids? We're willing to trust him with your in-laws and outlaws and willing to trust him with your health? Willing to trust him with your marriage? Willing to trust him with uh, the things that are happening that you have no control over. God's getting ready to show them something here that will be a testimony all through the earth. Now, he said, before you even go, verse 12, take 12 men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe, a man. He said, pick a man out of every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord of all the earth 
That's why this can happen. Shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up in a heap. What happens next shows the importance of faith in God when we face problems in life. There's five different instructions that they're given here. Uh, the first one is, the officers of the people told the people to follow the ark a thousand feet back. Whenever the priests saw the ark lifted up, they were to believe and trust the power of God. Head, to, listen, are you with me? Head towards the impossible. River in full flood, got wives, got your kids, got your babies, got your cows and sheep and goats. It's full flood, got big enemies in a huge city. Right across there you can see Jericho. And God says, go forward. What would you do? Say, let me go to the back, Joshua, and watch out in case any enemies come up to the back there. And then we'll see if y'all make it over, then maybe, maybe I can. And then the second thing was, there were instructions of Joshua to the people. Sanctify yourself, consecrate yourself, purify yourself. Don't be walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit. And this meant that the people would prepare their hearts before the Lord. Pray, confess, repent, rededicate, and recommit their lives to God. Listen. God does not exist for you. You exist for... You got that. First priority. What? This is my t-shirt. Up here it says, first priority, big smiley face, is God happy? Is God happy? And, and I, somebody's going to design that shirt for me and it's going to be awesome. I don't know the image you use for God. But is God happy? If you live to make God happy, that's your passion. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Word of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, help me to make God happy. It'll change everything in your life. If you'll read that Hebrews 12 we studied today, everything will change in your life and believe it. If we believe and we take action on what we believe. So there were instructions to Joshua of Joshua to the ministers, the spiritual leaders. He told them, you pick that, up that ark and you go. There's instructions of God to Joshua. He said, today I'm going to lift you up. Today I'm going to make these people follow after you like they did after Moses. I will do that for you. You don't have to say, hey, all of y'all pay attention to me. I'm Joshua. Moses said I could be the boss now. You come. No, you don't have to do that. If you've got authority, people will know it. Amen? There was the instruction of Joshua to the people. Uh, and you can read that there in verses 9, 9 to 13. He said, now purify yourselves, consecrate yourselves, get ready. And then on the third day, God said, we're going to go. God always gives us power to defeat our enemies. The Jordan River is a picture of a major obstacle in your life. You may be a person who's controlled by fear, by addictions, by weaknesses, death, obsessions, suffering, discouragement. You may be having Trouble with yourself, trouble with your spouse, trouble in your health, trouble in the opportunities, trouble in your uh, family, your children, your work, your friends, your enemies. You can have problems that you face, obstacles that you say, well, I can never be happy in Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit because this is in my way. If I didn't have that person I was married to, I could be filled with the Spirit, read my Bible every day, be singing praises of Jesus and be happy. If, but it won't work for me. If I, didn't, if I had a better job and could give more money to God, then I'd feel better. God is the one who's in charge. 
Will you let him be in charge? Get, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and weighed down with worries and fears and struggles. Take my yoke on you. Get in the yoke with me, Jesus said. I'll bear that yoke. I'll set the pace. I'll set the direction. And you'll be blessed. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm meek and lowly. You will find rest to your souls. Whatsoever is born of God. Over, you can just write these down. We won't skip to them. First uh, John 5, 4 and 5. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. There's a good place for... Amen. If you overcome... If you believe in God, you will overcome the world. That means there's going to be a struggle. Don't be surprised. There's going to be warfare. We're soldiers in the army. Even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. His faith was tested. Galatians 3, 6. It's Ephesians 6 says, Take up the shield of faith, which is the word of God so that you can quench all the fiery darts of the devil. We're in a spiritual warfare. Uh, without faith, Hebrews eleven six. 6, it's impossible to please God. For the one who comes to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. 6, if you don't have faith, if you don't trust him, you can't please God. Don't trust me. Don't trust me. Goodness, God says. What is wrong with you? Know that when you trust Him and you're walking, living to please Him, that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Not just a little whim this morning because I got five minutes before my uh, program comes on. No, uh, it is a passionate dedication to Him and love for Him. So... Uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, James chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, do what? Ask of God. Who gives to all men generously and without reproach, but let him ask in faith without any doubting. For the, man, the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. I trust you, I don't. I trust you, I don't. I mean, who wants a boyfriend like that? Who wants a girlfriend like that? Yeah, love you, not today, that. Picking off the, the... No, God wants us to be fixed on Him. Doesn't matter what we see. I know my God is good. I can trust Him. And, and Jehoshaphat found that. You know, he found God to come through. Just sent the choir out to sing. And God delivered him. Joshua, I mean, John chapter 15 says, Do what in the vine? Abide. Everybody say abide. 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 Rest in the vine. The branch is not saying, ah, ah, I got to squeeze me out for a grape. Got one. No. The branch rests in the vine. The vine sends the sap, the wonderful Holy Spirit into your life. And as you rest in Him, trust in Him, sometimes He comes and goes, snip, snip, and you say, oh, that hurt. I really love that leaf. I love that little branch. He said, yes, but it's going to hinder your fruitfulness. You will be able to bear fruit, and then you'll be able to bear more fruit, and then you'll be able to bear much fruit. And then I'll take that fruit, and I'll squeeze it. And it'll make something nourishing and beautiful for all the people around you. I'll take that grain, and I'll crush it, and I'll make flour bread for the people around you. 
The crushing will seem painful at first, but it'll liberate you because you will be more and more like Jesus who gave himself. He said, my meat is to do the will of him sent me. He lived the life as a pattern before us. And then he said, you can live like I do. I will send my spirit to be in you, to help you to be like that. So we learn to walk by faith, not by sight. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Romans 8, 35. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, the sword. No, in all these things we are more than through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul says, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other thing, including yourself, can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If you're walking with God and he's got you by the hand, you have all the wisdom you need, have all the power you need, you have his continual presence with you, the situation you're in that looks hopeless, the fog's all around you, you have no idea where you're going, that's not your business. Let him fly the plane. I sit in the back. It's fine. Bumpy? Okay. Uh, it's not irresponsible living. Yes, he told us to work. Yes, he told us to plan. But I am not captive to my work. I'm not captive to my plans. I'm not captive to America. I'm first of all a child of God. Then I'm an American. And when the two of those are in opposition to one another, first of all, I'm a child of God. Peter said, they said, quit preaching in the name of Jesus. He said, y'all decide what you're going to do. As for me, I have to do what Jesus told me to do first. And... You do what you got to do. So verse, uh, chapter 4. Well, let's see. No, sorry. Let's, let's, uh, verse 14. And it came to pass that when the people removed from their tents to pass over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant, that as they and the Ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bore the Ark were dipped in the brim of the, the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood up and rose up in a heap very far from the city Adam. So about 18 miles upstream was a city, and the, the tributaries and everything just dried up. Listen, it was not a gradual all night long. It was when the priests carrying the ark of the presence of God touched the water. It started stacking up 10 miles upstream. The tributaries dried up. No water coming. And then it dried up. It says they went over on dry land. Now, the bottom of a river, if you've ever been there, if you just empty out a pond. I mean, the mud's deep, and you'll just bog up. You know, you send a sheep out there. Man, you have to drag him out. Uh, it dried up. They went over on dry land. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Now, God's battery's run down since then, so he can't make away anymore. No. He, they went over on dry land. He said, by this, everybody's going to know that I am the living God. That's not just a word for them. That's a word for today in Gilmer County uh, Covenant Community. Amen. I am the living God. I dry up the ground when I want to. I dry up the river when I want to. There's no major obstacle in your life that I can't deal with. Do what I say. Sanctify yourself. Pack up your tent. Get ready. Follow after the spiritual leaders that God has given you. And as they touch, there's going to be a way. Come. Pick out 12 men. They picked out the 12 men before they went. Why? Because God said, pick them out. 
Don't have faith in faith. Have faith in the Word of God. And make sure it's the Word of God for you. Did you hear me say that? Don't just have faith in faith. Oh, I got the faith. We're going to win the football game. Well, where in the Bible did it say that? You might. You might not. Uh, I got... Don't tell God what to do. You're much wiser to say, oh God, I'll tell you what I want, but I trust you and I'm resting in you. You have come through. You're the one who made the way through the Red Sea. You're the one who made the way across the Jordan. You're the one who quenched the fire for the three Hebrew children. You're the one who delivered from the lion's den. You're the one who sent hailstones, the 10 plagues in Egypt. You're the one who uh, did this and did that and brought a great flood on the earth and had an ark prepared. You are the living God. You've spoken all through history, worked all through history, and I'm in my situation, and sometimes the devil tells me that you're not real. Sometimes my heart is a little bit scared, but I trust you. While I'm here, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen? I got a place to go. I have friends in high places. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're headed towards, yes, the land today I want to talk to you about is being filled with the Holy Spirit. The blessed life. The life that says, I let go of everything. I am yours, Jesus. I volunteer. Take me. I signed at the bottom of the quick claim deed. Now you do what you want to do with me. If you lift me up like Joseph, like Job, like Abraham, lift me up to be rich and have all kinds of stuff, I won't let it have my heart because my heart is yours. If you put me down like the Apostle Paul in jail, hands in stocks, writing letters to people, uh, that's okay as long as you're with me because I know you can burst those gates open. I know that you can win people to yourself in any situation that I'm in. Right there in Caesar's household, people came to Christ. Listen to me, young people. Grab hold of this in your heart. Make the choice to live for Him. Don't let yourself be compromised. Say, well, I'll get right with God when I'm 30 and about dead like you all are. No. Live for Him. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, and the years draw nigh when you say, I have no pleasure in them. So out went the, the ark. The ark was a wooden box overlaid with gold, had two cherubim on it, and had the what on top? Mercy seat. Everybody say mercy seat. The mercy seat. When God said, I have made provision to satisfy all of your sins, your willful sins, your mistaken sins. What was on the mercy seat that dealt with their sin? Blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Now, if you don't like that, sorry. The Bible's real clear on that. Real clear. And as God says, my name is I am. So God looked down through history as the ark goes out there. And the blood that's on that thing is not the blood of bulls and goats. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, his life given, so that God could show us mercy. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. How many of you know that you deserve worse than you've got it? If they don't raise their hand, tell them they need counsel. Okay? Or I'll ask their wife or their spouse, I'll ask their mama, and then I'll know. All of us need mercy. Justice is when you get what you deserve. Mercy is when you don't get what you deserve. Praise God for grace. That's when you get what you don't deserve. 
As that ark went out on the priest of the soldier, uh, the, 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 as that ark went out on the shoulder of the priests, going out into the middle of the river, as they touched the water, shoom, whoo, man, if I was a thousand feet behind leading that program, I'd say, all right, that's good. I want to be first on the other side. And then the, the, the people started going in, and the goats went in, and the mamas were hurrying with their babies, says they hurried across. Why did they hurry? Just in case. All right. So they, 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 they scamper across, you know, boing, 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 going across. I mean, it's one and a half, two million people going across the river on dry land. The people in Jericho said, oh, no, come here. Watch this. Oh, no. We knew they couldn't come till later in the year. And look at this. They're walking across on dry land. Come here. We heard they went through the Red Sea, but we thought that's sort of a story. But no, we heard about the pillar of fire in the wilderness. We heard about the manna every day. Heard about all that stuff. Now look at them. Here they come. And the people of Jericho trembled in their boots and Eric will be talking to you about that next week so I don't want to mess with that story in the presence of the people who were hostile to them God showed himself strong in your situation don't tell God when to do it don't tell him what to do just say I trust you I am abandoned to you I abide in you L abide in me Jesus said let my words abide in you and you can ask what you will it'll be done for you ah, I want to get into that place and live in that place he Psalm 91 who dwells in the secret place of the most high dwells dwells lives hangs out stuck there in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. That's the way. Listen, if we can get a whole congregation believing like that, walking like that, said, no, no, I won't lie. <laughs> I am an ambassador of Jesus. I won't steal. Don't have to. Anything I need, He can give me. And if I don't have it, I must not need it. Because He said, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, even in Gilmer County. I can trust him. I don't have to disobey his laws. I don't have to walk in my own ways. I don't have to uh, manipulate. I can trust him to work. We must learn to walk by faith, not by sight. In God's revealed word and his Holy Spirit. If we walk in the light as he in the, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, is cleansing us. From all sin. 1 John 1 7. 1 Corinthians 10 13. Listen, there has no testing, no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Everybody say common to man. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, that's you too. Even though you're not a man. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. It's common to people. But God is faithful. Say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Do you believe that? He will not allow you, He's not going to let the person put 400 pounds on your weight bar and do that because that'll kill you <laughs> all right kill me you know I, I want that 40 pounds I want that 100 pounds but don't do that 400 stuff you know there's no testing taking you but such as is common to man God is faithful who will not let you be tested above what you are able, but will with the testing, will the temptation provide a way of escape so that you can bear it. He has a plan in the situation that you're in that looks hopeless and looks like you can't go anywhere. God has a wonderful plan there. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. He said, take the 12 men. And they did what Joshua said. They picked up a big rock 
and took it onto the bank and set it up there to have a testimony to what God had done. Then they took 12 rocks from the bank and went out there and built a nice big column in the middle of the river as a testimony to what God had done in their life. 1 Timothy 1.5 says the goal, and I quote this all the time, this is a verse that you should memorize. The goal of our instruction, Paul says, when I do a discipling seminar, the goal of my instruction is, first, love from a pure heart. Everybody say, love from a pure heart. Love from a pure heart. In other words, I love God, not because I'm going to get something. I'm not nice to God just at Christmas. Love from a pure heart. Love the people around you. Not to get. Love them because they're in your space. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. He's worthy. Love from a pure heart. A clear conscience. Everybody say clear conscience. Now, if you were loving everybody from a pure heart, walking around with a clear conscience before God, and then an unfeigned, unfaked, a real absolute faith. Paul says that's the kind of Christian we're trying to develop. Loves because he's full of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. You can read 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't rude. Love isn't always trying to push itself up. Love doesn't think evil. Doesn't hope for evil. Does. Love is the essence, God doesn't have love. He is love. And when we have entered the promised land and when we have experienced all that God wants us to experience, when we are totally like Christ, that's what will come out of our life. The love of God in every situation. The love of God that has incredible power. Now, I've told you to study, and, and I, I can't do it today, but study 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. It says that there's a process God takes you through. Add to your faith virtue or character. Add to your character knowledge. It's a scientific experiential knowledge of God. Add to your knowledge self-control. Add to your self-control perseverance. Add to your perseverance godliness. Add to your godliness brotherly kindness. Add to your brotherly kindness love. It starts with faith. It ends with love. To come to that experience of Jesus. To come to from moving from a baby, a little self-centered baby, to a mature person who lays down their life for the people around them in, in, in harmony with the Spirit of God. That's a process. It's cyclical and intensifying. Listen, listen, this is very important. That's what we're talking about with the promised land. Coming to be like Jesus. Coming to say... Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't care what the devil's going to do. The word in faith is my sword and shield. And Jesus is the Lord of the way that I feel. Biblical faith obeys. You do it. Faith without works is? Jesus said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father. Jesus said, when you do what I say and walk in my ways, you're building on a rock foundation. The storm will come. The wind will blow. The flood will rise. But your house will stand firm. Proverbs. You young people. Uh, I, I got this advice when I was much younger than I am now. 
Read Proverbs. Study Proverbs. It's little tiny sentences given you with wisdom in finances, wisdom in relationships, wisdom to warn you to stay away from some things, wisdom to pursue some things, wisdom. And God lays up wisdom for the righteous, for the people that will seek after it and value it. Why would you give pearls to a pig? He doesn't value them. He'll just chew them up and get mad because they don't taste good and come over there and bite you. But you give pearls to somebody who can appreciate them. God says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't be swine. Come to me. Let me change you. Let me give you the precious things that I have for you. So entering into the promised land, they did what God said. They walked in God's ways and they experienced what God said they would experience as they went into the promised land. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power at work in us. First uh, Chronicles 29.12 says, Both riches and honor come from you. Now, how many here would like to be rich? Just put your thumb up. You know, probably bad, but... You know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it gives you a lot more places to look for it, right? Yeah, so... You know, we, we all would love not to have to worry about money. And then we would all love not to have to worry about anybody getting our stuff. And then we would like to not worry about getting sick and losing our stuff. And then we would like to be able to live forever so we can never let anybody else have our stuff. You know, it just goes on and on and on. It's a life of faith no matter what. Both riches and honor, uh, the writer says, come from you, and you reign over all. And in your hand is power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. That's 1 Chronicles 29, 12. God is to be reverenced. God is to be feared. And as the ark went into the Jordan, it was the presence of God uh, going with them there to help them experience what he promised them. God has promised that you can be, and asked you, and commanded you to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's commanded us to be walking with the fullness, thoroughly marinated in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. What is hindering you? What's hindering me? Let God speak to you. Week by week, as we go through the book of Joshua, as we see how God worked for them, he's been working all through history. God loves people. He created people. Say with me John 3, 16. For God so loved, now say your name, Steve, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, say whosoever again, whosoever, I mean the sorriest lowlife over there, God has grace, God has mercy, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish. That's what the devil's intention is in your life. To mess you up spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way he can, and then take you to uh, hell. God says, no, no, no. I sent my son. He gave his life. He paid the price. You are redeemed, purchased. Come to me. Confess your sins. Call on me to be your Lord and Master. To be the lover of your soul. Experience my love that I offer to you. Say yes to me. And then begin to live that spirit-filled life walking with me. And then when you come to the obstacles, what do you do? 
Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone. Laughs at impossibilities and says, it shall be done. Uh, that was taught to me many years ago. I'll insult you by singing it to you. Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone. Laughs at impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. And cries, it shall, it shall be done. And cries, it shall, it shall be done. Laughs at impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. It will be done if God said it will be done. It can happen if God said it can happen. I hope that we're a people that put aside sin, sanctify yourself to the Lord, and then march through the obstacle in the way that God said. Sometimes he lets you walk on the water. Sometimes he dries up the water and makes a way, but he is the one who opens doors no man can shut, shuts doors no man can open. What are you praying about? What is it that seems insurmountable to you? Trust God with that. If he takes something away, you didn't need it. If he gives you something, it's not because you're so sweet. It's out of his amazing grace and kindness. Thank him for it. And then don't do like the children of Israel did when they got the promised land. There arose a generation that knew not God. They got so excited about the gifts, they forgot the giver. Got so excited about what they had that they forgot about him. And went off from him and ended up forfeiting what he wanted them to have. Dear Father, thank you that here at Christmas time we take time to celebrate your great love that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the ends of the earth. You sent him down here in the form of a little baby born through Mary, his mother, and conceived by the Holy Spirit and you sent him here, the Son of God and the Son of Man. He lived a perfect life. He did mighty signs and wonders to prove who he was and then he died a sinless death because of my sin, because of our sin. And he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was laid on him and by his stripes we are healed. Lord, from the inside out, all messed up, enemies to you, antagonistic to you, walking in darkness, doomed and damned and helpless and hopeless, and yet you so loved us that you sent the light of the world into this world. You opened our eyes to see the light, opened our ears to hear the truth, opened our heart to say yes, and then brought us into your family and made us heirs of yours and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ and have given us an eternal home, a place that you prepared for us. Lord, we are not escaping this world. We are people who are walking in this world, walking with you, seeking to be pleasing servants to you, seeking to experience your mighty power in the obstacles and the things that we face so that there'll be a testimony. A testimony in our finances, testimony in our relationships, testimony in our health, testimony in all these things. And then, Lord, one of these days, you'll make the way through the mighty river and we'll come across that river on dry ground, walking into Canaan, walking into the full glory of the place that you've prepared for us. You've gone to prepare a place for us. You will come again for us. Thank you that we need not fear death. Death is a doorway into your presence. While we're here, you never leave us or forsake us. And then 
then we walk with you into your presence, into an eternity, which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it hasn't entered our hearts, which you prepared for those that love you. Help us to love you. Help us to have expectant lives. Help us to have lives that expect you to work in us and through us, expect you to get rid of sin and selfishness in us, and expect you to work through us, to lay down our lives and touch other people. We pray that you would do the things through us that you want to do, and pray that we would never take the credit, but always give you the honor, give you the praise, give you the glory. Thank you for each person that's here today. I pray that you'll stir our hearts now to leave this place, not complaining, not grumbling, not covered, uh, overwhelmed by fear, but instead with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the completer, maturer of our faith, who for the joy set before him despised the cross, despised the shame, and pressed on in your will. Help us to pursue loving you with all of our heart, soul, and mind, to pursue loving the people that you place around us by the power of your spirit for your glory and expect you to do uh, the incredible day by day and to rest in you when you do nothing, uh, apparently, because we trust you. We pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I pray that each one here today, some may not even know you. Uh, I pray that they would be convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment, and give their lives to you. I thank you for so many here who have servant hearts, who pray, who walk with you. Oh, Lord, thank you for the mercy drops around us are falling. We pray for the showers of blessing. Lord, so that we can be a testimony to the people around us. Thank you for the obstacles when we walk through them in Jesus' name and do what you tell us to do and we can have victory in Jesus. Got any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Got any mountains that you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He can do what no other friend can do. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe he's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.